Hi and welcome to the Good Robot Andy's Season 8, Episode 2. My name's Andy Balaam and this is... Andy Cockerill. Making funny faces at me. I always try and do that when you say hello, because we always do a bit of silence before we (laughs) start. I always act startled using my (laughs) acting skills. (laughs) Yeah, it was highly effective this time. Highly effective. Yeah. 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 So yeah, Season 8, Episode 2... Um, because whatever controversy there might have been about how we started a new season, um, we just papered over that. We didn't even discuss it, listener. Was there controversy about that? I don't remember that. Well, you sounded a little bit like you wanted to make oh, a fuss about it. Really. I, I did, but I didn't. Yeah, and basically. then you didn't, and then and yeah. we'd moved on. It was basically faux outrage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or faux rage, as no one calls it. Yeah, but from now on, multiple people will. Faux rage, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so we're back. So yeah, so and so the thing that we're going to talk about this evening, which I have no idea what it is, is is a movie, uh-huh. uh huh, called Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer, yes. And with no um, knowledge whatsoever, or even ideas about what that is, mm-hmm. I'll give you a summary of the plot and okay. the main the main cast. So, I think that it's a spin-off from the Frozen movies. Ooh, um, that's, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't <laughs> considered that. Yeah, okay. Um, and it's about um, someone who has a magical ability to pierce ears using snow. Wow. Uh, and how they use that for good. Um, but it's live action. You know, it's a, I don't like know how you'd use it for evil, but carry on. I don't even want to <laughs> contemplate how you might use it for evil. But no, what I mean, okay. it's as a point where I would generally consider ear piercing to be morally neutral. But um, they use their snow piercing power for good. Um, okay. Because once you've had your ears snow pierced, um, you become. You, you start to understand who you truly are. And that can manifest itself in terms of. Um, you know, emotional healing, or it can manifest itself in terms of superpowers, okay, of various different kinds. Um, and it stars um, the one who's always in the. Oh, I, I love know. this. I love it when you do this. <laughs> Names. Well, the person who's got a name who's in a thing. <laughs> you have to narrow it down a bit. Um, Helena Bonham Carter. It stars Helena oh. Bonham Carter. Okay. So, kooky British lead actress. Yeah. It's live um, action. So, it's called Frozen 3. This time no, it's, it's a spin-off. This time it's personal. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the way you had to wait for me to finish whatever stupid thing I was saying so that you'd get some yep. clear air for that. Clear air for the, for the pun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's a spin-off. Um, so it's not Frozen Three. Okay, so it's part of the Frozen um, from the makers series. of Frozen. Well, it's more than that. It's from the Frozen universe and Too Fast, Too Frozen, which is the name <laughs> of the sequel. We yeah. have, we have Snowpiercer. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I probably wouldn't watch it, no, unlike yeah. a lot of the synopsis that you do, where I think, yeah, I'd pay to watch that. I wouldn't. I think it was weak in there. I'm way. not sure that I would pay to watch that. In in your defence, I'm going to defend you now and say that uh-huh. you are under the weather today. Yeah, I'm not well, not at all well. You're not firing on all thrusters. There's no there's no comedy gold coming from this <laughs> from this side of the microphone. Uh, so uh, okay, so it's not a a sidequel to um, 
Frozen. Uh, frozen or Frozen 2. It's neither of those things. <laughs> too frozen. Was it? Too cold. Too, too fast, too, too frozen. Too chilly. Too chilly, too too cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, turn it up to 18. So this is a Minus 2013... 18. 2013 South Korean science fiction film. Okay, okay. Uh, based on a French graphic novel, Les Trans. Oh, I'm going to take a run at this now. <laughs> Trans Personnage by Jacques Loeb. <laughs> uh, Benjamin Lagrand and Jean Marc Rochette. Okay. The film is directed by Bong Joon Ho which listener will probably know. I talked about him earlier this year, actually, in that he he was the first... Now, uh, no, director of the first movie not in the English language to win Best Picture at the Academy Awards. So he won for Parasite, which... Ah, oh, Parasite and Saber, is that Parasite? This year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, directed by Bong Joon-ho, uh, written by director Bong, as he is known, and Kelly Masterson, and was a South Korean Czech co-production which is an interesting mashup um, and the film marks director Bong's English language debut and almost 85% of the film's language dialogue sorry is in English so there's some Korean okay. as well uh, the film stars Chris Evans not that one the other one which uh, one <laughs> so not not the radio DJ yeah. And former TV show, but uh, Chris Evans, the actor who mm-hmm. is, who was, or maybe still is, but was Captain America in the Marvel, in the MCU, uh, and has done lots of other interesting work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Song Kai Ho, Tilda Swinton, mm-hmm. Jamie Bell, favourite of mine. Who's that? Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell from um, uh, Billy Elliot, back in the day. Who? Uh, as, as Billy Elliot? As Billy Elliot. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Octavia Spencer, Go Ah Sung, John Hurt, or the late John Hurt, uh-huh. and Ed Harris. Um, and it takes place aboard the Snowpiercer train as it travels a globe-spanning track carrying the last remnants of humanity after a failed attempt at climate engineering to stop global warming has created a snowball earth. So there's a little there's a little um, preamble before the movie starts properly, which right. says that uh, an attempt to to stop climate change was done uh-huh. and it failed, uh-huh. and what it caused was the Earth to go into massive deep freeze. Mm-hmm. So now um, we have to all stay on a a train that stays in the sunlight to keep warm or something. It just keeps moving. It's always moving. Um, never stops. But is and it just why? Why though? Well, it's kind of like an arc made by humans, right? But why is it moving? I don't know. Is it to stay in the sun? I reckon it's to stay in the sun. You might be right. Yeah, to stay as warm as possible. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Okay, that sounds that sounds reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's always moving. It's a big old train. And at the back of the train are the lower class passengers. Uh-huh. So this is all very kind of Mad Max style, you know, right. some uh, future used aesthetic in the uh-huh. lower class part of the train. This is where uh-huh. Chris Evans and Jamie Bell and John Hurt uh, all live. And they're planning to try and take over the train to get to the front of the train. Right. 
because they're tired of being in lower class. Mm-hmm. Um, they've hatched a plan to do this. That is basically the plot of the film, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is get from the back to the front. Right. Um, it's sort of a uh, one-dimensional society. Very much so, yes. Is the train... How big is the, the, the width of the train? Uh, it's probably... It's definitely wider than a um, a British train. Mm-hmm. But not I'd like say 100 metres. What, wide? Mm. No. I'd say it's probably about double the width of a British train. So it's quite wide. So it genuinely but, is. Like, there's only one room. It's big. So it's wide. The carriages are quite long. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> the point so is what, you, can't get to, you can't get from A to C without going through B. Through B, yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. We, we discovered this quite early on, that you can't right. go anywhere else right. when someone gets into trouble. So actually a character played by Ewan Bremner, who isn't listed on the main cast there, but is in the movie, he gets into some trouble. He strikes a soldier um, because his uh, son is being taken away somewhere. We don't know why. Um, and uh, as punishment, they put uh-huh. water on his arm and then say, one of them says to the other, uh, at this altitude, I think seven minutes is all he can handle. Uh-huh. They open a hatch in the wall of the train and then they put his arm outside. Ow. Yeah. Now, we don't see what happens to his arm outside. Right. Um, but he is in a great deal of pain whilst yeah. this is happening. Uh, at this good. point, uh, Tilda Swinton, who plays, I'd say, like, a, uh, a, probably a useless middle manager. Someone who's there to sort of um, tell people what's going on and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So she middle class. She says, yes, very much okay. so. Okay. Um, she says, I've got, I've got seven minutes. She's wearing um, a quite bizarre and very ugly mouthpiece as well that makes her teeth look really horrible. <laughs> um, in fact... It was. I didn't recognise her for for quite a while until right. I, until I realised. Oh wow, that's Tilda Swinton. Um, she uh, she says, "Well, I've got seven minutes. So I I should probably give a speech." So she proceeds to give a speech about the train and gives us some information about the train as well. <laughs> okay. Whilst Ewan Bremner's got his arm outside and is right. in agony, right. Right. they then bring his arm back in and it's frozen solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, to which someone with a large hammer. Um, knocks his arm off. Okay. That's quite a brutal punishment. Mm-hmm. So we find out early on that you can't leave the train to yeah. get to another part of the train. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. You're stuck in the train. I see. But they've got a plan and they've been they've been um, watching the other doors to see when they close. Okay. And they've, and they've figured out that they can get further forward if they can block those doors. Okay. Um, which they do. Right. So, and they managed to block them by using like trash cans all stacked together. Then they push them forward so the doors can't close. Right, right, right. And then they can get further forward. Um, they find um, a Korean couple, uh, one of which is a man who designed all the doors, so he knows how everything hangs together. Mm-hmm. He's hooked on um, a drug that seems to be very popular at this time. Um, and they they say to him, "If you help us, you can have as much as you want. We'll give you everything." You know, basically, he's a junkie. They want to uh-huh. give him some junk so that so that uh-huh. they get what uh-huh. they want. Um, 
his girlfriend or wife is on is along for the um along for the ride and she appears to be clairvoyant so she can tell what's behind the next door okay um so and as they move through uh when they get to a door she says you shouldn't go any further uh-huh. and of course they open it anyway yeah. And behind the door, there's row upon row of men with masks on carrying machetes. <laughs> right. To which there's now a pitch battle uh-huh. happening. And um, at this point, the uh, Tilda Swinton's character turns off the lights. Okay. Because the men with masks all have infrared Right, night vision things. Uh-huh. Night vision things. Mm-hmm. So then mm-hmm. it's real. Mm-hmm. It's real carnage. Mm-hmm. But then Chris Evans' character gets some torches and uh, sort of levels the playing field a bit. Right, right, right. It right. should be noted. This is a science fiction movie, but it's pretty full on with the violence. Okay. Yeah, it's quite visceral. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think most of the like really splattery stuff gets done off screen, mm-hmm. but it doesn't doesn't shy away from it (laughs) yeah it's powerful stuff um so they get past the nastiness (coughs) and then they end up in the water section which is the section that they want to try and control okay because if you control the water supply you control the entire train that makes sense um and it's there that they figure out that that the train is a closed ecosystem okay that, that apart from air which is brought in from outside and heated Nothing else um, comes in right, 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 or goes right, out. Right. Um, so they have uh, so they walk through the water section, and it's like a fancy aquarium. Mm-hmm. There's fish swimming around them. Right, right. It's quite quite stunning, actually. Mm-hmm. And you kind of dis- you do suspend your disbelief and think, well, hang on, how does that work on a train? <laughs> I guess it just does work. Mm-hmm. Um, so they pass through there. They then pass through what looks like a party zone. Okay. With people partying like it's 1999. Yeah. Just seems like they've been partying forever. Right. Um, and from there, uh, they finally get to the front. Uh-huh. And at the front, there's uh, a character played by Ed Harris, who is like the train driver. What's that film with the tower block? That I haven't seen. That film with the tower block. The oh, different classes yes. live at different um, Yes. High Rise. High Rise, yeah. yeah. Really, really enjoyed High Rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very good. Um, so yeah, they get, to the, they get to the front, and mm-hmm. there is Ed Harris, <coughs> who is basically playing Basil Exposition. <laughs> so he tells Chris Evans' character... I want you to take over from me. You know, I'm okay. quite I'm quite old now. Okay. This train is going to go on forever. Um but we need people to maintain it. We need we need keep population up but not too much. We mm-hmm. don't want too many people. Mhm. And what you just witnessed back there with the violence and stuff like that that was designed to keep the population down, not to kill everybody. Right. Just a certain proportion of you because nice. you are, you know, you provide us with manpower yeah um 
so he, you know, he tells him what's going on. Uh, Chris Evans is pretty unimpressed with this. Mm-hmm. So uh, he finds where the children are. So the children have been brought to the front of the train to service the train because they're right. small enough to fit into the, like the machinery. To, right, right, right. So one of them is like pulling out grease from yeah. inside machinery and the other one's like inside all the mechanics of it. Yeah. Um, but he manages to uh, to basically shut the train down. And whilst he's doing this, the Korean couple have put some uh, uh, explosive on an outside door and right. are about to blow the door. Right. So they do it's this. It's all going down. It's all going down, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they do this. The train crashes. Uh-huh. And there's only uh, two survivors. And they are the, the Korean woman and um, one of the boys. And they make it outside. And when they're outside, they see something moving. Right. And they, they see a polar bear. Right. Which suggests that things are not as cold outside as people think right. they are. Right, right, right. And that life exists again. Yeah. Um, and also that they're going to be killed by a polar bear. Well, yes. I mean, yeah, that, that would be quite sad, wouldn't it? Yeah. To have survived all of that, only to be killed by a polar bear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but actually there, there's a, a scene earlier on in the movie when the, the Korean couple, they recognise some landmarks outside, but they see that uh, the last time they went through, it was frozen solid. And that and maybe this time it's not, and this time it isn't. Yeah, so right, that right, gives right. them a clue that maybe things are thawing out slightly. Right, right. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, there's also a scene earlier on. Uh, there's there's an anniversary every time the train goes around the Earth. Right. Uh, there's an anniversary, and this anniversary is for a revolt on the train okay. when seven people manage to exit the train and get out. And as the train passes by a hillside, we see seven dots on the hill. Right. And the camera kind of moves past it, and you see that there are people frozen solid on the on the mountain. Right, right, right. And the, the intercom says, and that's as far as they got, folks. <laughs> <coughs> Which is quite grisly. <coughs> so, um, this is a... That's the end of the film. So they mm-hmm. see the polar bear, and then um, it fades to black. But... Having seen Parasite first, right, and then this, I can see that Bong Joon Ho has a very particular way of looking at the world, right. So it's quite—it's sort of cynical, is it? It's very cynical, yeah. Okay, but it's also satirical, right. So in the way that Parasite is a satire of society, right, which I still haven't seen yet, by the way. Okay, well, and and the the parasites in the film are not necessarily the people that you think they might be. So you might be clued into thinking that they're the, you know, the poorer people from the bottom of the ladder. Uh-huh. In fact, the parasites of the film are not those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Snowpiercer, the folks at the back who were ha- who sort of put upon and starving hungry um, are, have a much better moral compass than everybody else mm-hmm. on board. Um yeah, it's a biting social... I mean, it obviously, it is based on a uh, a graphic novel. Okay. So yeah. it's not an original piece of work, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it 
it does have a dotted line to high rise right in terms of um and i suppose high rise is is loosely based on things like 1984 and animal farm and right. you know, the russian revolution and things that actually happened in the world in that people want better than they've got at the moment and they mm -hmm. look look above to try and get it mm -hmm. um and there is a, there is that going through it but it is also you know it's like it's like high rise it's society in my in in miniature mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah as so you pack all these people into a small space where they can't go anywhere else and see what happens mm -hmm. um really enjoyed this although at this moment you know we're still in pandemic it was <clears throat> quite grim viewing <laughs> right <laughs> really not just because people were standing too close to each other. No, no. <laughs> although, the, although I still look at films like that. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Films and TV that there's crowds of people, and you think, no, you shouldn't be that close, and you should all be wearing masks. Yeah, yeah. Does it have any connection to another South Korean film set on a train? Not really. No. Train uh, to Busan, one train... of my favourite films. Yeah, in fact, I think. When I was when I was um, thinking about this today for tonight's pod, I was thinking we could discuss movies that are largely set on trains. Mm -hmm. There's probably a top ten there, or maybe a top five movies yeah, that are largely really set on two. trains. There's um, um, Girl on a Train. Girl on a Train. So there's Train to Busan. There's uh, Snowpiercer. Uh, Mur Murder on the Orient Express. Ah, yes, that was good. Uh, which is largely set on a train. Uh, there's a movie with Gene Hackman called Narrow Margin, which is mostly set on a train. Under Siege 2. I was going to say, was it, what about Speed 2? But is it Under Siege 2? Speed 2 is on a cruise ship. I'm just a cook. I'm just a cook. I also cook. <laughs> as well as pull people's arms off. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's quite a few movies that are largely set on trains. I mean, it's right. a good location um, for a story, really. right? Confined space. I mean, it's definitely a good location for an action scene. Yeah, yeah. Confined spaces. Many. Yeah, um, are great locations. I mean, there's a couple. So there's one in uh, from Russia with Love. There's a really great action scene on a train. And there's lots of on top of train fights. Yes, because that's quite perilous, isn't it? Very. So there's a good one from um, the first Mission Impossible with Mission Impossible. The first Mission Impossible with uh, with Tom Cruise. That's a good top of train fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, ooh. Trying to think of others, and I can't. There is there one in the Matrix? There, Matrix Reloaded has a train fight, uh, maybe. There's one in the motorway. Oh, I just don't even talk about this film. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh. So Snowpiercer had an had a. I don't think it was ever released here theatrically. Okay. So there were some issues when with... When did you say it came out? 2013. Oh, right. Okay, it's quite old. There were some issues with um, not licensing, but the rights to certain territories and distribution. Right. And it was never released here theatrically, but it has been available on disc for quite a while. Right, right, right. Um, inter interestingly, there is a a TV show of the graphic novel that's on Netflix. Okay. That I haven't seen. Uh -huh. um, it's supposed to be interesting in that it 
it takes the story a lot slower right, right, right and right. takes it off in different um places but it is still set on a train right so um it, the, here's something like the question so um this this uh, film seems to have like quite an obvious political message that like yes um, yes there are baddies and goodies and the poor people are goodies and the rich people are baddies. Yeah, it's not subtle. Is that all there is to it? <laughs> there is. That's basically all there is to right. it, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> cool. In, in as much as The Hunger Games, that's what the story is. Yeah. Snowpiercer, that's what the story is. Fine, fine, fine. Yeah. Fine. There is no okay. subtext there. Okay, okay. Uh, but what there is is a, is a, a very entertaining quite extreme science fiction movie is it interesting that that kind of story is coming out of south korea yeah as opposed to i mean we're used to hollywood having essentially that plot right uh, absolutely yeah but i don't know yeah. whether the historically south korea was more people were more cautious about that kind of political implication i, d- I, don't I really don't know to be honest yeah, that's a good question yeah i think um Yeah, because it's a South Korea Czech co-production. It, Hollywood money was not involved in the production, right? But it was distributed by the Weinstein Company, right? Uh, and Lovely radius. Guys. Well, yeah, not nice guys. No, no. Presumably he's still in jail. Ha ha ha. How long's he in jail for? Uh, a good time. I can't remember, but um, he got sent down for quite a long time. Like years or months? Oh, years. Okay, yeah, good. Definitely years. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's good stuff, Snowpiercer. I think if you enjoy sci-fi Actually, you... with a, if you can stomach a bit of violence. <laughs> yeah, I like think sci-fi. I think if you enjoyed High Rise, right? I think you'd enjoy this. Right. Yeah. I haven't seen High Rise, so okay. Well, I think you'd. I think you would enjoy High Rise. It's right. Uh, right. It's up your street. Right. I think I think this is as well. If you can, again, I think High Rise is quite a stressy watch. Right. Yeah. It sounds. Yeah. It, I mean, that sounds yeah. a bit more complicated. High yeah. Rise. Is that fair? Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a bit more, more nuanced. I think right. this is not a particularly stressy watch. Right. It's more fun. In a right. way. Yeah. 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 I mean, that sounds, in that sense, sounds a bit more like Train to Busan. In that, yes. you don't have to do any sophisticated thinking. Oh no! To experience the emotions. No, absolutely not. No, experience the emotion, enjoy or not enjoy the bloodletting. Uh-huh. You know, in a kind of visceral way, uh-huh. and then when it gets to the end, you're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> but it is good. It's very, very good. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I think I think Bon Joon Ho has an itch to scratch about society. Right. It's interesting that environmental collapse is just the backdrop for all films now. Yeah. Like, it's not even a political point to include it. It's just, you know, that's what the future looks like. Yep. Yep. Scary. It is scary. Yeah. Cool. So So I highly recommend this. It's available on disc. Okay. Um, Definitely listener. I mean, this is quite a cult film, so I Mm -hmm. I should think that listener's probably aware of it, but if listener isn't, Oh, well, do you, who do you think? Yeah. Our, do you think our listeners like into? Doesn't our listener rely on us to to tell them about? Culture? I think occasionally, maybe listener 
find something that in we're, that we're talking about that they haven't heard of. But I think listener is um, quite cine literate, really. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't. I think. Well, I think some some listeners. Like, how many listeners have we got? Uh, at least one. Okay. Just probably yes. just one. Well, definitely two. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe one is more literate than the other. Two that I know of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My wife stopped listening. She's given up. She actually gave up on the um, <laughs> on the the progress episode with Fran. Right. right, right when we started right. talking about the Irish potato famine, <laughs> she just turned it off. <laughs> And she's never listened since then. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I think I've lost a lot of people. No, what she did was she listened to... I heard her turn that off, and then she turned on Sinead <laughs> uh, O'Connor's album where um, Jermaine Greer talks about the Irish potato famine at the beginning of the album. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay, so we actually inspired her, not... We didn't bore her. What inspired her to more misery than we were yeah. talking about, yeah. 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 Speaking of podcasts, so I, I, I've been listening to podcasts that have made me feel very sad okay. and generally had conversations with people that made me feel very sad. And then I, and I've I kind of given up on Reasons to be Cheerful, which is the... Um, I've never Band listened to it. Podcast. Never listened to it. Yeah. But I, li- I did listen to an episode where they talked about homelessness and the amazing radical action that's happened on homelessness um, uh, at the beginning of the COVID outbreak. Yeah, people give, p- being given somewhere to live. A yeah. significant proportion, the majority of people who were sleeping rough were given somewhere to sleep Yes, um, in two days, whereas the government had a five-year plan. To, to end rough sleeping. and they, Yeah, funny enough, they could have done it faster than that if they wanted to. They haven't ended rough sleeping, but they've no. made a huge impact on it over two days. So it's really, really exciting. And they talked a little bit more about things that are also potentially encouraging as well, about how the world economy has been slowing down for the last 40, 50 years. So maybe it's not impossible that we would that I'd slow down and stop destroying the planet. It was sort of, it was sort of encouraging and interesting. So that's reasons to be cheerful. It was a genuinely, re- were a genuine there reason any to reasons be to be cheerful? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, the fact that it's possible sometimes to make a difference uh, was encouraging. Yeah, yeah. No, I can see that's encouraging. Definitely. Definitely. So yeah, that's a reasons to be cheerful podcast. Okay, I've got another shout out for a movie. Come in. Um, so it's one of what one we watched on Amazon Prime last night, but it got mm-hmm. a, I think it got a, I did get a cinema release. Um, it's called How to Build a Girl, which is okay. based on Kathleen Moran's uh, memoir ah. of her. Um, I'm not sure if it's her whole life, but certainly the, what it focuses on is when she was 16. She went to work work for the enemy, right? Um, so she she wrote a just a a piece for them, which was about the, the musical Annie. Uh-huh. Um, she sent it in, and they were just like thought it was hilarious, and just said, "Okay, right. fine, you can come along and write some <laughs> gig reviews." Uh-huh. And she did such a good job that she got feature writing and that kind of thing. And it's about it's about about her life. Um, as pretty much one of the sole women working at the enemy in a very right. male-dominated right, uh, industry there. Uh, she, there was a series of, uh, based on her earlier memoirs called Raised by Wolves, that I think was Right, that's right. Yes. No, I, I've heard that's pretty good, actually. It's supposed to be, yeah. yeah. Um, 
so yeah, uh, how to build a girl if you have Prime. Um, in fact, if you don't, you can probably just um, yeah, you can always just pay you can for rent them it. Yeah, on Amazon. Uh, yeah, it's very very good, very funny. Um, in fact, it features one of the cast of Booksmart that we talked about on the pod last uh-huh. year or maybe this uh-huh. year. Um, BB Feldstein, 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 um, who is American but does a really convincing black country accent. Right. Accent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, highly recommended. So, so we've been, even though I don't really approve of uh, subscription TV services. Are you still been, with Netflix? We've been enjoying. Well, it's still the same month, and I think probably oh, okay. my my daughter's going to pay for the next month, so we can continue. Right. <laughs> um, being parasites on her Netflix watching, but um, we've been watching more of um, swear word beginning with S Creek. Oh yes, the one that won it won actually a couple of Emmys this year. Yeah, it's yeah. properly good. Is it properly um, good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's like. Uh, it yeah, it keeps on just not doing the the obvious thing, and right. the characters, the way it 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 war- makes you warm to people who are obnoxious. I think is just really good for your soul, mm. and just really surprising and interesting. Yeah, including uh, the main character, who it turns out is uh, the main writer. Eugene, um, is it Eugene Levy? Who's yeah, it, and Catherine Catherine O'Hara, who were the two. Yeah, it's main the younger characters. Levy that who's the main writer. Oh, okay. Um, right. Yeah. I don't know which which Levy that is. He's he's a legend, Eugene Levy. He's such a funny. Oh, that's the older. Levy. Yeah, he's the older guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's hilarious in it. So well. he but was no in... overacted. Like he could be totally overdone. And oh yeah, not. yeah. He's been in a, quite a few of Christopher Guest's improvised movies. Right, 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 right. That makes sense. And he was in a couple of the American Pie movies, which I've never seen, but I know mm-hmm. he's in them. Um, right. But yeah, he's um, a very funny man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, his son, who plays his son in okay. the series, okay. yeah. uh, is the main writer. Although he wrote it with Eugene, I think. Okay. Um, uh, he he's just so obnoxious <laughs> at the beginning, and now now we are so won over to him and just want him to be happy and and despite all of his flaws, like it's really I do think it's genuinely good for the soul yeah. to learn to like someone that you initially judged as being just. Beyond the Pale. It's really interesting. Talking every, of Beyond the Pale. Almost every character is like that as well. Sorry, go on. No, it's okay. I think we have a lot of stuff to watch, but I think um, that's something we should um, we should start on. Mm-hmm. We watched, um, talking of Beyond the Pale, we watched Des on ITV. Right, right, right. Uh, which is a dramatisation of the, um, the police investigation and then charges and then jailing of Dennis Nielsen. Who was a serial killer, British serial killer, who died a couple right. of years ago. Okay. So he killed, well, he says he killed like fifteen or sixteen young men, right? Um, in London, and uh, so this was a dramatization of him basically being caught, and then the investigation that happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, played by David Tennant, right? To very very good effect. So right, the kind of sociopathic way that he goes about things. He played him without, uh, you know, kind of took his ego out of it and just played him as really unremittingly awful. Right. right, right, right. Um, and horrible. Uh, yeah, very good. So right. if you, you know, n- not not at all gratuitously nasty, but psychologically really interesting. Right. Yeah. 
Sounds horrible. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a good watch. I enjoyed right. it. I do enjoy a good um, crime procedural occasionally. Right. The other yeah. thing that we've been watching on Netflix, sorry, is. Um, it's okay. Dirt we have Netflix. Right. Uh, well, but what about listener? Well, listener. I mean, we've talked about some Netflix things in the past, so yeah. Yeah. Is that uh, D- Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency? No, is that any good? The American version of that? Uh, it's really good. Is it? Yeah. Elijah Wood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Okay. Um, Dirk Gently is um, distressingly young, but I think that right. that's increasingly <laughs> just going to be the experience. That's the People case with everything. Age. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so. Dirk's good. The main character, which is Elijah Wood, uh, is really good. There's several other really important characters. It's kind of it's a bit of a um, ensemble, including a new character who's who's totally not from the books in any way, as far as I remember. Um, who's this girl? Who's kind of like the anti-Dirk? Okay. She's she um, she wanders from place to place, just murdering whoever she feels like. Oh, wow. But she's guided by the universe, so she actually only kills people who, who need to be killed. Ah, but how so does she, she know? She just knows. She she's just making up instinct. her own rules. Um, yeah. she, basically, everyone she bumps into deserves to be killed, is, is how it seems to work. <laughs> and, and gradually that, that slightly breaks down as, as it goes on, but okay. that's, how it, that's how you meet her. But she is just awesome. Mm. I, I just love her as a character. She's just so great. Uh, so that's a real treat. But yeah, generally, I, I definitely really care about the characters and uh, I really enjoyed it. Now, you'd be glad to know that I've started watching The Walking Dead again. Ah, yes. Because I figured out, well, I figured out that series one to nine are on Prime. Right, right, right. So I've seen series eight to the end. So right. I started watching nine and I have to say it's a lot better. Right, right, right. Now, so remind me which one is which. So, is, so is, yeah. So uh, eight is all out war. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was Negan seven the one where they is seven the one where they're being oppressed. Yes. Okay. So yes. seven was just a grind. It was a grind, wasn't it? And really, no fun. No. Then eight was kind of kind of better. better. Yeah. Nine Nine's is better. really, really good. Yes. yes. I think it's it's as good as the early series. Right, right, right. right, right, um, right. I think mainly because Negan doesn't have much to do. Right. And when he does have something to do, he's a bit different. It's he's a bit kind more of, interesting, isn't it? It's a bit it? yeah. more interesting rather than just the one-note nastiness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But what is interesting is the Whisperers. Yeah, yeah, they're fun. They're good. Yeah. So have you finished season nine? No, I'm about okay. halfway through, I think. Okay. Okay. So I've got to the time jump. So if listener doesn't know, actually, I won't give away a character that gets written out because uh-huh. it's uh-huh. quite important. Although you can probably you can find it on Wikipedia, but a character yeah. does get written out, and then there's yeah. a time jump of six years. Yeah. Which is not explained at all. Yeah. It it's just happens. very weird. The whole thing's weird. Um, and yeah, a character it's like, who was it's like they younger, decided the rules don't apply to them anymore. Yeah, we can just do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. But it actually works really well because it moves yeah. characters' arcs forward. Yeah. It, it kind of gives it a fresh start halfway through a season. Well, not halfway through, about a third of the way through. Very weird, isn't it? Yeah, I hadn't yeah. thought about it. That's um, I can see why they did it because a major character decided, well, an actor decided they wanted to move on. Yeah. Um, so they had to do something 
to deal with that. And I think actually what they did works really well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's yeah. surprisingly good. Like, it's surprisingly robust to that changing cast. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, which I think is a testament to how much they have built up. Yeah. Um, a, a genuine set of characters that uh, that you care about. Definitely. So, yeah, really enjoying that. I've been binging that, trying to get through it as quickly as possible because I want to start watching Fear the Walking Dead. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, that's... Um, I've watched a bit of Fear the Walking Dead and it seems fine, but it kind of just... It just gives you the the stuff near the beginning of a zombie, you know, the, like the, a zombie film style stuff, which yeah. I love. Yeah. Um, but to me, it didn't. I mean, I didn't watch it that. I should so probably I, watch I've it. I've seen properly. series one of that, but I haven't right, seen any right, more. Right. So I'm probably going to when I finish series nine of this, I'm going to move on to that. Right. I think yeah. I might have only seen some of series one. Right. Yeah. Of that. But yeah, <clears throat> I, I I can't get enough of it. So you know, <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. Even when it's bad. I'm I'm glued to it. Yeah, you just want to watch more. You want to see what's happened to your favourite characters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll watch the spin-off series even if they're rubbish. I'm sure it's not rubbish. I think Digital Spy, of which I read a review of it, which is called A World Beyond, I think, or World right. Beyond. Right. They're always, they seem to be quite harsh with some things and right. they should be taken with a tinge of salt, really. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. the budgets on Walking Dead have become so massive, I can understand why people hold them to a, a high standard. Actually, now speaking of budgets of, of mm-hmm. it, so I like, I think I read a couple of years ago that they were going to address the fact that there will be a lot of old Walking Dead around. Right. Um, that have been around for a few years now. Yeah. And there's one in, uh, after the time jump... There's one that's kind of joined to a tree. Right. That the tree's yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of grown around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. That's and it's really now food for worms and yeah. birds come and take worms off it and feed, feed their babies from it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, uh, I thought good. that was a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I watched the extras, I think, with that, that zombie. And yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the makeup work on it continues to be top-notch. Yeah. I... I that's what I was going to say. I think the fact that there's a graphic novel that's driving some of the ideas yes. means that it has much more fresh ideas than if it was just a TV thing. Yes, so I'm that's thinking true. About yeah. The Whisperers, that's like a, a kind of a new idea mm. that probably you wouldn't have got if it was just TV. That's no, my probably feeling. not. No. Yeah. But the, um, the, um, yeah, but the graphic novel run has now finished. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. So the, but I think the TV show is going to continue beyond... Right. Uh, beyond that so um, actually there was a scene in series 9 where someone's arm gets injured by a log mm-hmm. that was very well done mm-hmm. very well done mm-hmm. yeah great great makeup works just top notch yeah yeah and they yeah they really care about how yeah. it looks we're digressing into The Walking Dead right now oh so good yeah I know um <laughs> Do you have any questions for me about Snowpiercer? No, I've done the questions. I think I'm done on Snowpiercer. Okay, we've talked about the TV we're watching. Yeah. Do you have anything to plug? Um. Uh. They so. They. <laughs> can't talk. This is a, so, a man tries to uh, compose a sentence. Um. My my wife has released has self published a book of poems. Ah called breathing space okay 
um, uh, which is a set of poems that are inspired by or written during lockdown. Um, so there are 50 poems in there. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, but yeah, there are all kinds of uh, things. Some of them are funny. Some of them are sad. Some of them are kind of talking to God about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are just like a little chunk of daily life. And some of them are like deep reflections on what it all means. So it's Did called God Breathing Space. Stop messing with animals. <laughs> just stop. Uh, maybe. <laughs> just stop. Maybe. This is so, where um, you are, where you are. I'll, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. The All the poems are available from that link, just to, to read. Mm-hmm. Or you can buy a physical book for about five quid. It's, a, it's a bargain. I mean, yeah. It's a bargain, listener. You should definitely do so. It's called Breathing Space. Yes. Basically, you have to buy it so Andy B can continue paying for Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> There's no profit in that, I don't think. I think we might have put like 20p profit in that. Okay, so no, I, I don't think that's going to make... You can't pay for Netflix with that then. It's not going to make no. our, our uh, fortune. No, okay. So, uh, not for profit, but very much worth purchasing. Yeah, I think there's some really good poems in there. Excellent. If you want... Uh, if you want a chance to just reflect on the weirdness that has been locked down. And continues to be weird as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it won't help with now. No. No, because it's already finished. Yeah. You have to wait for volume two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there will be one, as things yeah. just carry on apace. She's still writing. Excellent. She's been writing a poem every day for... Um, uh, maybe a year. That's or a lot of poems. Know. Yeah, it's a lot of poems. Yeah, a long time ago. Maybe not a whole year, but so don't say all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll have to buy the book and find out. <sighs> okay, that seems reasonable. So plugging that, also plugging my uh, free software, open source games. Tiny little games website, small pixel, S M O L P X L. Oh, I love that. Dot artificial worlds. Dot net. TV, yeah. Small pixel. Small pixel. S M O L P X L. Dot artificial worlds. Dot net. Your kids can go there and play the silly little games there, and there's no worry about advertisers targeting them or tracking them. There's none of that. Good. And if they want to learn how to write the games, well, all the code for those games is available. I'm making videos explaining how to do it. So maybe they'll get into writing games as well as playing them. Nice. Nice. There you go, listener. Two plugs. Two plugs for the price of one. <laughs> I have nothing to plug. Cool. Nothing to plug. You're just doing this for the love of it. Absolutely, yes. It's our 100th episode soon. Should I repeat that? What I, number I, are we on? I just on? did. This is 98. 98, 98. So we've got two yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah. So there you yeah, go. I'm not sure how we're going to celebrate that. It's slightly up in the air. Well, we'll <laughs> celebrate it by doing a podcast, presumably. Yeah, yeah, I should think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, is that it? That's it. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. See you next time. Bye.